0: you're listening to on air with jt
1: this is on air with jt join jt visionary and host for a 420 friendly improv and variety talk show featuring pop culture news interviews debates and the home of the famous jt rants here mental health awareness is at the forefront with jt on a mission to inspire and spread mental health awareness available on apple podcasts spotify iHeartRadio, and youtube you can stay up to date and get in touch by heading to onairwithjt.com to contact the show directly or for business inquiries use onairwithjt at gmail.com
0: jt here I have to introduce you to Pure Hemp Rolling Papers. Eco-friendly, tree-free, and chemical-free. Born in 1996 in Spain with nearly 300 years of paper crafting experience. Explore their variety of rolls and cones, including their innovative Pure Hemp Earth Papers. For quality and innovation in rolling, choose Pure Hemp. That's what I smoke. Visit their Instagram for more information and elevate your rolling game with Pure Hemp. That's P-U-R-E-H-E-M-P. Tell them JT sent you. JT did it again. How's it going, everybody? You're listening or watching a brand new episode of On Air with JT. And thank you so much for tuning in, listening, watching. I truly, truly appreciate it you know, today's going to be a really good episode. It's going to be a little bit shorter than usual. And I do apologize that the last episode was a little bit under 40 minutes or so. But as season 15 is ramping up, and as I'm putting my foot on the gas, not only are there going to be better episodes in terms of quality versus quantity, but there is going to be a good amount of quantity. And, and, so much more content and different types of content. So I'm really excited about that. And thank you to everybody that's been you know, pretty patient with me because I know I've been teasing everybody for quite some time now. But like I say, I'm a one-man team. I do everything myself. And that's just with the podcast, not including acting or writing, or writing my book writing a novel, writing a screenplay, trying to do a documentary, <laughs> doing different types of media material, live streaming, three podcasts, an online radio show, a media network, a social media uh, marketing company. <laughs> There's so many things that I'm doing. And like I said in like the last episode before, you know, that's just me. I, I can't do one thing at once. I just get bored and I end up eventually fucking quitting. It's the Ryan Seacrest effect. I I just have to be doing multiple different types of things. But I love it. I'm not complaining. I signed up for this. I love it. I I absolutely do love it. And I do want to say shout out to Pure Hemp. Pure Hemp is today's uh, sponsor, main sponsor. And the cool thing about Pure Hemp, because I'm sure a lot of people have noticed that I usually smoke blunts or, uh, you know, backwoods, whatever it might be. But I do enjoy smoking paper. I just was never a fan of the popular brands. And also I know what goes into some of those brands and how dangerous the things that they put in it. And I've always been in search for an alternative because I do like smoking paper. It's a, it's a, obviously a different hit than smoking, you know, tobacco or nicotine with, you know, your flower. But I love the way, you know, like a, a nice, you know, rolled up J smokes and to find a company, to find a brand that, has a very similar vision in terms of what they want to do and, and the impact they have been making and are making and will be making and what they're doing it for, to help people. That was the perfect possible situation for a partnership for Honor with JT and Pure Hemp. And there's so many, you know, new brands and things like that, and I'm not knocking them whatsoever. But there's a big difference between what Pure Hemp stands for and their history compared to 99% of other companies. And one of the main pinnacles is the fact that the family that has started it and that's been, you know, continuing to go on through generations. They've been doing this for nearly 300 years. 300 years! They've been trying to perfect and and get the right formula, and that they did. There's no chemicals, there's no pesticides, it's it's just clean paper for you to roll up that flower and get a nice buzz. So definitely go check out Pure Hemp on Instagram and tell them JT sent you. And like I mentioned in yesterday's episode, that we are going to be doing a giveaway. So listeners, followers, all the above will have an opportunity to win a nice giveaway of rolling papers, uh, rolling tray, uh, and possibly a few other nice cool accessories and I might even you know have something to kind of incorporate into that giveaway whether that's if you win you also get a shout out on the show or something like that we'll think of definitely something like that because I want to make it you know cool I just don't want to make it only you know you can get the paper but why not get an added benefit from JT. So you're getting the best of both worlds. So that giveaway is coming very soon. I am really excited about that. And more information about that coming very, very soon. Go give them a follow on Instagram, Pure Hemp. Yes. And like always, for all business inquiries, to get in touch with the show, for advertising, uh, partnerships, Uh, booking to get on the show to submit your work your music whatever it might be you can always email me directly at onearwithjt at gmail.com that's onearwithjt at gmail.com and like always all the links to listen or watch every single podcast that i do audio or visual All the links to follow me on social media and all the other projects that I'm doing, including how to get in touch with me, all you have to do is head over to onairwithjt.com. That's onairwithjt.com. Yes. Wow. I'm really excited to do this interview with Jason. Uh, Really excited He's a very talented, very talented. They're, they're all talented, the whole entire band. But they have like this sound, and the second I heard it, I was like, you know, they're going to they're gonna be very, very successful. And I have a really good history of making predictions on people that ended up becoming very successful not saying they're not successful, I'm just talking about on a more of a mainstream basis in terms of success, quote unquote." And I, I'm so excited and happy to be able to witness this and also have a conversation with the man that, you know, writes the music and that sings the music. And they have a really cool sound. So shout out to the whole band. Of Beechwood Coyotes because they are killing it. And maybe not a, you know, millions of people might not know who they are right this second to this day, but that's going to change very quickly. And I'm really excited to be able to have a conversation with Jason. I really am. And like I said, this episode is going to be somewhat short just because I'm going to include the interview with Jason Knott of Beachwood Coyotes, and then I also have to record then two additional episodes, and I've already recorded, like, I don't know, two and a half episodes already today, Uh, so today's been a a crazy day. It's been really busy, but again, I'm not complaining. I love it. I love what I do, and I I guess one of the announcements that I really want to make Uh, before we go into this interview with Jason, is just the fact that a month and a half ago, I was somewhat scared to really start pursuing stand-up comedy, to start really pursuing comedy and writing and things like that. And over the past couple of months, I've come up with a good, you know, five to... 15, 20 minutes of pretty good material for an amateur, I would like to think. I mean, I guess we'll see when, you know, people laugh or not and give me, like, the eye, like, who is this guy? (laughs) He's a comedian? (laughs) He's talking like he's a scientist. I'm a little confused here. So I guess we'll see. And obviously I don't have, like, clout big enough to just go to, like, the biggest comedy venues and things like that right away so i'm going to be doing a lot of like open mic performances and things like that and obviously it's a little limited in boston but there is a good amount of places you can perform at but obviously if you know or if you don't know if you're trying to make it in comedy it's either new york or california and usually you know they start off in new york and then they make that transition into la california once they have you know, some, some good years and lessons and material that they've learned. But one of my biggest goals, one of my biggest dreams is when I record my real comedy special, it's going to be at Radio City. It's going to be at Radio City Music Hall in New York City. I mean, it's just perfect for my life, I mean. I went to school for broadcasting radio. I've been podcasting since 2010. I've always loved that venue. When I went to New York a couple years ago, ironically, Lauren Daigle just happened to be performing that day, and I predicted her success a year before You Say came out. So that's definitely one of the venues. I definitely want to pre- do like a really nice comedy special once I get there. Not saying it's going to happen today or tomorrow, but when it does, that is a place I would love to do a special and have some kind of events and things like that. So I'm really excited about that and also excited just to throw that out into the universe. Uh, I really am. And I just know that there's so many big things that are coming, so many things in the future, so many things that I've talked about that I said that was going to be incorporating into season 15 of On Air with JT, and maybe some of those things haven't been fully incorporated into season 15, but that's just because there's just such a backload of behind-the-scenes business and taking calls and trying to schedule interviews and editing and all these things, and that's why I posted on social media last night like I'm looking for a professional video editor looking to hire somebody not just like a one time gig thing like I'm honestly looking for someone that's really good at video editing that wants to be a part of the team and yeah so if you are a video editor or know anybody that is and might be interested in a really awesome cool opportunity that will benefit everybody. You can always get in touch with me on social media. I mainly use my main Instagram, which is Justin Thomas Insta. But you can email me directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. That's on at gmail.com. Yes. And like I said, all of the links to listen to all my shows or watch my shows, get in touch with me on social media. Uh, all my email addresses and other things that I do business-wise, everything is at onairwithjt.com. That's onairwithjt.com. Thank you so much for listening to this intro of this special episode, and I hope you enjoy this exclusive interview with Jason Knott of Beachwood Coyotes. You're listening to On Air with JT. Enjoy. How's it going everybody you are listening or watching a brand new episode slash interview with on air with JT and like always my name is Justin Thomas but you can call me JT and we have a very exclusive special interview today. We have on the phone Jason Knott lead singer of the Beachwood Coyotes. How are you doing today Jason.
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. And like uh, we were talking about before we went live, yeah, I came across uh, Cuffing Season on the placement on Shameless. And just within like the first, I'm not even bullshitting you, man. Within the first, just because I'm such a music nerd, within the first, just mm-hmm. once I heard that, you know, the melody at the beginning in the riff, I was like, all right, this is a fucking hit. And I oh, immediately, yeah. I, I didn't even downloaded I went and bought it because I love supporting artists and and things like that and thank you of course I mean even though the, the difference between buying a you know a single or streaming I mean it's a little bit better but uh still there's a definitely a big problem with artists not receiving the right amount of money compared to the streams that are getting played and what these corporations are making but that's
2: you know, oh it's it's
0: ridiculous
2: <laughs> yeah I mean like that that's something that it's it's tough because I, I I don't I wouldn't say go back and forth with that but it is so much easier to access music now and there's a lot more of it and so mm-hmm. in some ways it's great because it gets your music out to more people and stuff and 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 it's easier to access more people but I think we are making a lot less money than we would you know maybe 20 years ago or something and When 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 streaming was really radio and that was you know and all that stuff and so that's why artists are branching out and doing it used to be a you used to be called a sellout if you had a song in a show or a commercial or something like that and now it's like the only way to make a a living you know
0: times have changed right
2: (laughs) yeah yeah unless you're touring like crazy I'm I'm thirty three
0: okay so I'm twenty nine so like you know we used to go to, I'm sure you went to CD stores and record stores and, you know, like that, that's just how we grew up. And, and, you know, looking back, it's just so funny. You know, I remember buying CDs when I was a kid, you know, twenty nine ninety nine and all these things. And then, you know, oh, yeah. it, it wasn't a great, you know, album, you know, you spent 30 bucks just to listen to two or three good songs. But, you know, obviously that was, you know, really good for the artist on terms of like the business aspect. Um, but unfortunately, just with the streaming and everything like that, that just makes unfortunately artists have to, you know, do more touring. They have to do yeah. merch and, and and I'm sure that there's a a constant battle, especially with artists and bands and musicians, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that are very talented and successful, but obviously, as we know, there's levels to these industries and, Mm -hmm. you know, levels on success, quote unquote. And I'm sure you've had to battle with, you know, what do I do so I I don't get this kind of feedback from the people that support me and think I'm like, like selling out or or doing things like that. Or, you know, even when you're trying to be in the creative process of trying to experiment with new sounds and new lyrics and, and and things like that, I'm sure that's something that's always you know comes across you know your brain and and you think about.
2: Yeah, um, I I get a little embarrassed sometimes with the how much I talk about in my lyrics, and um, I I I often won't even like talk to my band about what the subject subject matter is because it's i'm so much i'm so close to them you know Uh and it's a it's a weird thing but it's i also noticed that too when but when you actually do write stuff that's deep like that and Mm. and and stuff that is kind of embarrassing to yourself it's better received i think um would you say
0: would you say like kind of that might correlate to like maybe even the first verse of cuffing season
2: yeah, yeah. That that's about. um, It's yeah. about a girl who you know broke my heart. We're but we're back together now. We're oh, <laughs> years later. That we we I wrote that song years before we got back together. But she, oh, okay. Uh, this this girl and I. Uh, um, uh, She broke my heart, and it was all about kind of. She was. We had started kind of seeing each other again years after dating. We dated when we were like twenty three, so ten years ago, mm-hmm. and, um, I sometime in twenty eighteen or so, I can't remember when when I wrote that song. So around then I think we her and I had kinda of reconnected and and uh but she didn't really want to settle down or date me. And so so I don't know. Are you familiar with the term coughing season or do you know what that means or Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, well, I, okay,
0: okay. I was okay. born in February, so that also
2: Yeah, helps. <laughs> yeah sure, sure. <laughs> um so yeah, no, I, I just you know I wrote about that about it's kind of this like unrequited love, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and I, I think people resonated with that emotion and, and it's
0: that vulnerability.
2: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that, that, that's, good, that's the word I was looking and, for. And that's yeah. what got
0: me. That's what got me, especially, you know, talking about the mental health and, and things like mm-hmm. that. I mean, that resonated with me and, you know, I did a little bit of research and, you know, I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you have dealt with some mental health issues and and family Mm -hmm. members and and things like that. And how, how much has that impacted on when you're in that creative space of writing music, how much of an impact does that have on you? And I know that might kind of be like a stupid question, but especially.
2: It's not, it's it's, not a stupid question. yeah. Yeah. Um, um. Uh, so I didn't mean to cut you off, no, but no, you're uh, fine. You're fine. but no, it's um. Yeah, no, I I, tell, I, mean, I lost my mom almost a year ago, I'm and so, so sad. that was I'm a very
0: huge sad deal. To hear that.
2: Yeah, no, th- thank you for saying that. Um, it's it's funny. We're doing her memorial tomorrow. We're <laughs> doing it a year later. We we didn't. We never did a funeral or anything. Oh, so wow. really, um, but it's good. It's a good thing that, that I you know I'm able to see family and all this stuff, and, and that that's that's nice and to reconnect with those people, but. But in terms of yeah how how things like that have shifted my life, and it's it's a massive shift because I find myself writing a lot more like like words, not as much music. I'm um, mm-hmm. writing, but I uh, it's it's not like poetry. It's not, I'm not writing a short story. It's just I write down things that come to mind, and eventually, uh, I've always looked at songwriting songwriting as kind of like a a puzzle that you're building yourself, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I I'll, I'll write lyrics and I was writing a ton, maybe you know within a month or two after she passed, and I uh, I had a lot to say, mm-hmm. but I I haven't, uh, but my like my ambition was kind of stifled though, from losing her, so I know though down the road I'm getting out I'm kind of coming out of this haze a little bit I've I've really been in a weird place for the last year It's been there's so many layers to to all of that, of um, course, yeah. that I went through, and and I I have, I've had I've have all this responsibility on my shoulders to, after she passed. There's a lot of uh, just moving parts and loose ends I had to tie up and things like that. And so um, I'm now at this point where I'm able to kind of write music again too, and and kind of getting back on the swing of things. Mm-hmm. It took me a while though. It really, I did. I you always hear stories about people that go through really harsh times and they're they're um, inspired by it and, and they come out writing some of the best stuff ever, but, exactly. uh, but, uh, I, I feel like I'm on the cusp of being able to do that. It's just been really tough for me to sit down and focus fully for a long time. But, um, with that being said, I'm still, I, I, I still am like constantly playing music and, and, you know, making sure I'm flexing those muscles. Cause I think you need to, it's, it, it is kind of like working out a little bit. you, you, you need to you kind of uh, you you get um you need those reps yeah you need those reps trying to think of like good ways to like yeah. uh, you know say this but yeah that's 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 all i'd say about that it's it's weird it's it's a really odd thing i've, I've had times where i've gone through tragedies in my life and and all i wanted to do was just write and, and whatever and so yeah it goes in phases but yeah. it's something it's good for me to talk about it it's therapeutic for me to talk about that exactly. stuff i never you know, I don't like to stray away from those things. I like to talk about the the harsh things. Yeah,
0: and and, and I, I really applaud you because it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, you know, most people that aren't even artists are unable to express their emotions and things like that. And even when you are an artist or a musician, singer, etc., or you know, create any type of work or art, you know, you have to be in that state of vulnerability and obviously there's certain levels of that but when you are in that kind of space that's usually when most people will kind of be drawn to you you know because it kind of creates this this magnet because there's totally so many people and so many people all over the world of different races and cultures they can relate to that you know yeah and i think that's the beauty of music
2: yeah, there's something about music where, you know, it, it's you, people we will be replaying songs twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years later. It's mm-hmm. there's something very timeless about certain certain pieces of music. Not, not not all music is timeless, obviously. There's I think there's certain music in our current generation that hopefully will be gone in six months. But yeah, um, <laughs> right. if not sooner. You know, yeah, if not sooner, exactly. I mean the the, the attention spans we have too aren't helping either. But, no, you know.
0: Not at all um so jason when did you so you're 33 now when did you start making music
2: i started i started playing guitar when i was nine or ten. Oh wow and then i started i started like a little garage band with my buddy marty and i he, he was playing drums and i was playing guitar and then eventually i got to high school and graduated to singing and and started a little band in my hometown and then when i was 16 um i started touring with this band i joined uh called drive a and we did we put out a couple records and toured like crazy we opened for a lot of big bands and and um yeah we we were we were like we, we we put out stuff um for five or six years we had the, the the whole like everything you can think of we did it was crazy wow uh you had the bus life you know touring all that stuff yeah. and <laughs> so- and um yeah, I mean, I have been doing it for a long time. I was very very young when I got started. Mm. I was it was luck though. I mean, I I, I we were a great band, and, and I'm not gonna you know deny that. Like I know we were we were absolutely a great band, but mm. it was there was that was nothing but luck. I mean, I was 16 years old when that started happening. Our singer was 14.
0: Wow. It was and, the
2: craziest thing. And, yeah. And
0: when that happened, and obviously that you know you had these goals and dreams, and you, I'm sure you believed in yourself, and obviously. I can't speak mm-hmm. for yourself, but as you know, a creator and artist myself, a lot of artists are our own biggest critics. But did you expect, you know, everything just to ha- like explode out of nowhere? I'm like, and then also, no. was was it different from everything that you were seeing and getting than you visualized or had this perception of prior to getting that success?
2: It's weird because I always like wanted to play music and and be on stage and all that stuff Mm. but i was i was like catapulted so quickly into playing really big shows like i think the the first show we played um was this la venue called avalon we're opening for lily allen who was kind of blowing up at the time she was coming up and then camp freddy who's this super group uh that features like dave navarro and um, Steven Perkins, um all these kind of like rock and roll people that are like the guys from James Addictions, all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and and then they would have this revolving lineup of like famous singers who'd come out and like this is like my first show ever. I'm playing like in Los Angeles and wow. there's like a couple thousand people there. And I'm meeting like I think I met like Ozzy Osbourne that night or something oh, crazy, wow. like all these crazy Yeah, it was like so insane. It was just like overnight I'm going from like playing my hometown bar with my high school band to i'm playing with actual rock stars who are legends and it was the craziest thing ever so at the time i, I never i never expected that would happen so quickly um but i also i was 16 i i part of me it got i, I don't want to think it, i got used to it because i i really appreciated it the entire time i'm so grateful for that time of course um but I ju- it just became a normal thing. You get it's like, oh, yeah. Me. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm flying to Dallas next week to do this radio show or I'm doing, you know, yeah. playing in New York City at Roseland Ballroom, you know, <laughs> in front of a few people like this. Yeah.
0: And was there a moment, Was I'm sure there was plenty of moments, but I always like to ask musicians this. Was there, a, like, a pinnacle moment when you realize, like, oh, shit, this is really happening. Like, oh, shit, like, like this is bigger than I thought.
2: Like, yeah, I mean, we we never we never I would never say we got famous, but we had a crazy rabid fan base that mm-hmm. we. Um, some people I still know to this day, and that are friends of mine now, and and I made a lot of friends from that time. But the I think a moment that I realized, oh, this is there's something happening here, is when someone came up to, uh, to us and they, they had our band name tattooed on them.
0: Oh wow! Then that's awesome. And then they
2: asked us to sign their back around like there she'd gotten it on her back oh. she has to, to sign our signatures and so <laughs> then she got our signatures tattooed that's uh, awesome. that was the craziest thing ever so when people started showing up with tattoos and stuff and seeing all the lyrics and all that like that was a that was a mind-blowing thing yeah that's um, epic. yeah yeah that that was real i mean i and i'll never like take that for granted that was the coolest thing ever and having people really connect with our music like that and definitely um, it
0: must be such a beautiful feeling
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And when did, oh, I already asked you that, so what musicians, artists, producers, et cetera, kind of influenced you, whether it was at a young age or while you were in this transition of doing different projects with different people? Are there, you know, some really key influences that inspired you to really become a musician full time professionally?
2: Um, Hands down, Blink One Eighty Two was my m- biggest influence. Yeah. Hands down, biggest for me because they were so accessible in terms of playing. You could pick up a guitar and learn their songs within a week. You know, like <laughs> and beginners can learn. And that's not anything against like the them, their abilities or anything. They're great songwriters, and, and they they wrote they wrote a lot of songs that that really, you know, um, stuck with people in in really deep ways. I mean, they, their new album I think just came out today. Yeah. Um but yeah, that was really easy for me to to like be like, Oh yeah, I I can do this. It was felt attainable music. So then blink um,
0: to cut you off, Jason, but was it because they were kind of versatile and they just had this unique sound?
2: They I mean, you know, I, I, I think they they found a way to make fast fun music accessible to a larger audience. Mm-hmm. and green day had done that obviously they'd, they'd done that you know five or six years prior when dookie came out and yeah exactly. that was a huge deal and i I grew, I grew up in all those 90s kind of pop punk yeah. bands and but it, it led me though to like i you know after you, you learn certain songs and you learn the you know three chord structure and all that stuff like you some some people stick with that forever and i said i i don't know i want to branch out and learn more things and kind of graduate from this and and get really good at my instruments and try new instruments and stuff. And But I, I just think Blink was like the reason I was able to have faith in myself yeah. to, to do something. And, and they, just, they just made it so accessible.
0: And it's so crazy just to see how they're still relevant. They're still putting out music. They're on yeah. they're touring. It just shows the longevity of when you are able to make good music and then you have that community of a solid community of fan base and supporters and and people like that. Again, you know the power of music is is really a big thing. Um, so, Jason, yeah, um, I have to ask you, what is so far? What has been the most memorable gig or concert that you've played so far?
1: Um, ooh, that's
2: a it's a good question. There.
0: There might be a couple. I know that's kind of,
2: yeah, there's a couple. I mean, there's some that I've done with, with Beachwood and Beachwood's a band I started 10 years ago. Um, There's some with Beachwood that have been really important to me. And like when we did our first tour, um, it was back in 2016 and we played this show in Austin at this random like wine bar. And I remember getting up on dancing on tables while during the show and like just getting really crazy with. It. I think we'd had, you know, we we were all drinking pretty heavily at the time.
1: <laughs> you know,
2: <laughs> we're on tour and we're like really excited about that. And I remember that show being crazy fun just because we were fun. It was a band that I had started myself, and we were independent, had no, didn't even have a manager. We had nothing. We booked everything ourselves. And and um, that's it, a lot it, of work. It, yeah, no, it's a crazy amount of work. Actually, you get a lot of rejections. You get like we're, we're doing like a ten twelve date tour, you know, and and we're 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 trying to fill spots and dates and we're routing the tour ourselves and, mm. and you gotta you gotta email twenty or thirty venues in each city in order to get one response even, you know, it's exactly. just like yeah. so much. But then and then when I think about my time in Drive A, um I really loved any time we went to the East Coast, anywhere in the East Coast, uh Boston, New York. So
0: you, you performed in Boston?
2: Yeah, House of Blues a ton of times. Oh, I think that's a nice. venue I played up there. That, but I that's, played there that's a, that's a many great times. venue. Yeah, yeah. I, I love playing by. Something about the East Coast, people are just really stoked and hyped up. and LA, I, I love it. I love that I grew up in California. I'm very fortunate. Mm-hmm. But people are very jaded. And, you know, people just kind of cross their arms. and like, look, at you when you play, even if you're in a successful band. Yeah. LA is <laughs> so no, no. not so fun to play. It's really not a great show a great town to to play and it's great town to like to to you know flex your live playing skills and 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 like get those reps in as we said earlier you know but it's it it's it's good because it shapes you're around you're you're around so many amazing musicians like everyone here is in a great band there's not there's it's very rare that you see like a really bad garage sloppy band in la they're very tight great musicians but the crowds aren't great and so in a way, that's good that you need to be humbled, right? Mm-hmm. We, all, we all need to be humbled at certain points. So. Do you think that's um,
0: because, I mean, just particularly LA and just with all successful musicians, well not all, but the majority, and you have, you know, all these big, massive, commercially success bands and artists and singers performing all the time. So then when you have you know, maybe some bands that just might be a little bit less known or underground or whatever it might be, the people, you know, the audience, some audience members and fans, it, it's just hard to kind of understand the contrast of, hey, like, this is, no, th- this is, you know, uh, 30 Seconds to Mars or, you know, this is Foo Fighters playing, you know, not, you know, some other band. A- and then they kind of get this distorted kind of perception,
2: Oh that that's a good that's a good point. I, I I think I think though people come out here, it's a huge transplant city obviously. I mean you're talking about moving out here, which exactly. is great. You yeah. absolutely should. Um but people come out here with this idea that they need to act cool or be a certain way. This is my this is this is my observation of growing up here. Yeah. And and I've noticed that a lot of the people that are kind of they're too cool and whatever. They just, like, they don't, they don't get so hyped on things. They don't get so, you know, mm. it's, you have to go to Orange County or San Diego or, um, other areas in California to really get like a good crowd reaction and have people really be genuinely happy to be there. People in LA are, are just like, kind of, they, they just don't ever want to like, get uh, um, put their guard down in a way yeah. and like let loose it's a weird thing it's a very weird thing i and this is you know i'm not trying to bash my city but it but it's a uh, it's anyone who plays music or performs in any way will agree with me and understand what i'm saying by that it's a it's a weird thing um but uh but i i, I also love it though because i am surrounded by a lot of artists of, 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 of many different types of uh, people i never thought i would ever be surrounded by mm-hmm. i love the film industry I, lo- I love movies and tv shows i'm fascinated by that i'm glad the the veil hasn't been lifted yet so i still love it i'm like a fan of mm-hmm. that stuff you exactly. know i've um and i like having friends that are writers and and directors and, and work in the and actors working the that industry because um it just inspires me to, to to do better at what i do Exactly. um you know
0: that, that's how I feel. I mean, not being in L.A. right this second, but just, you know, having that network and, and being surrounded by people, not only in just the particular industry that you're in, you know, mm-hmm. having that accessibility to other people in different industries is, is so vital.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and, and it's, um, it's cool because I, I like when my friends uh, succeed at, at, at what they're doing and I, I really genuinely mean that too. It makes me happy. I, mm. I, 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 I like learning new things about, uh, different types of art. And, and even, even if I won't pursue certain aspects of that one day, I, I just, I like being adjacent to it. It, it inspires me to, to continue on. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Do you, 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 you said you're, you're moving out to LA. You want to act, right?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I mean, there's multiple reasons why I want to move to LA. I mean, the main reason is just because I'll be able to audition so many more places, and there's more sure. agencies and more opportunities and things like that. But people don't even know. I mean, the majority, of, not the majority, but there's a very huge percentage of all the movies and you know TV shows that we're watching today, or you know people that are watching if they watch cable TV. Is you know a lot of the scenes and everything is, is filmed in like Boston and Massachusetts because it was mm-hmm. kind of like how a lot of films were filmed in like Toronto and things like that in the nineties, and two thousands because you know they get the tax breaks and you know all these things where it's cheaper to film and things like that. But it's kind of limited on what you can do and everything like that. And, and Boston is just a weird weird city and i've been very open about this talking to whether it was zach barnett of american authors who you know went to school in massachusetts and started you know um you know that that band and it's just i don't know it's just everyone seems because there hasn't been a real successful like mega star that's come out of boston or Massachusetts for so long. So everybody in the music scene, because I was a manager, I used to run like a a little label and managed and was an agent for a couple of artists. And I've I've seen firsthand that just everybody's just trying to, you know, push everybody over, trying to get to the finish line and nobody helps. And you see like different music scenes like in Atlanta or New York or even LA or in California. You know, I see personally, I mean, obviously there's, people that are just shitty but there's a lot of people that will help out each other and you know if you have a connection they'll help you out or you know they'll collab with you and and things like that and that's just something that doesn't happen in boston um really i i never thought that it's very it's very weird it's um yeah it's it's very weird and i've always been trying to like analyze it and figure out why but i guess it just comes down to uh, jealousy and, 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 envy to a certain degree, but there's a lot of, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of talent in, in Boston obviously you have, you know, Berkeley school of music and, and things like that. Um, of course. but speaking of collaborations, if you were to, are there any like artists or bands musicians that you would like to collaborate with? If like, you know, in a hypothetical, you know, question future, is there any artist that you look up to or maybe you just kind of came across or inspired you that you would love to one day work with?
2: You know, I, uh, there, there's a few that come to mind. It's, it's a tough one. Um, there, my, 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 uh, inspirations are so wide spreading and <laughs> like, like I, I, I got into Tyler the Creator back in twenty thirteen. Right. Okay, yeah. And he's someone who kind of changed my perception of music and of what you could do with hip hop and what you could speak about in hip hop. And mm-hmm. and I was not even a hip hop fan at all at mm-hmm. the time. And anyway. And then you dive into someone like him who produces everything and writes everything and plays most everything on his records and he's this like really accomplished piano player and, 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 and a composer too. It's like insane what his musical knowledge is. Yeah. And, super high um, IQ when it comes Totally. To yeah. Totally. Totally. Like, absolutely. And and just, just with someone speaking about things that people weren't generally at the time and something that like connected with me and he, you know, he was attached to like skateboard culture and all that stuff in California. And it was just stuff that I kind of came up with. It was like, if one of my, you know, uh it's 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 like if one of my favorite pop punk artists became a hip-hop artist or something like that he's had that personality too you mm-hmm. know he's had this funny fun happy-go-lucky personality so i don't think that would ever happen we're so different if we're opposites completely in music mm-hmm. but see someone i love would love to work with like but that's a crazy that, that that's like saying i want to work with Beyonce or something you know i
0: mean <laughs> anything can happen you're right you're absolutely yeah, right and like put it i'm into the universe it'll come true yeah
2: yeah you're, you're absolutely right about that like i i i completely believe in manifesting that kind of stuff and and, and speaking into existence i i, I think it, there's a lot of power to our words and 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 what we think about and what we give uh power to you know mm. um yeah he he's he's one i, I love very much um Ooh, I'm like, this is like a tough question. I'm trying to think, man, who else I would want to work with. There's a lot of great producers nowadays. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He's, he, I, I'm, I'm just going to say him yeah. <laughs> for now. That's
0: a, that's a good choice.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Jason, so I got to ask you, um, so you, basically B- Beachwood Coyotes, you said, have been around for 10 years now. So you guys mm-hmm. f- were founded in 2013.
2: Yeah, twenty. Yeah, 2013.
0: Okay. Yeah. So can you share any updates or anything? Are you guys in the studio working on any new music or any projects and things like that?
2: You know what we're, we're going to do is we we were talking, you and I were talking earlier about how we have, um, you know, that we, we get some TV placements and stuff. And, and I do projects on the side too that, are, that uh, have gotten placed as well. We're going to release that we have like several songs that I would say like B sides or whatever you want to call them. But some of them are songs that got placed on TV shows that we just never put out. Um, because uh, I don't know, we didn't feel we could give the enough attention to them at the time. And some of them are songs that we've just kind of sat on and didn't really think like, Oh, this, this, this didn't make the record. You know, we just kind of, just kind of didn't scrap it, but just kind of put it to the side. Mm. So what we are, um, I'm working on is, Compiling a group of songs that I want to make into an EP, and I, I thought of a f- funny little names like uh, I think it's like songs that are new to you but old to us, or something like that. Maybe maybe that's the title, you know? Uh, yeah. So, so I'm working on that right now. Um, we were just chatting recently about um, playing, and realistically, it's it's not going to happen until next year, I don't think, to, that we can get together and do stuff we're all we're all busy in our own uh creative endeavors like we've we, we all do music outside of the band mm-hmm. um and then our like our drummer is a um he's a tv editor so he works a lot wow. on that stuff and and so we're always doing creative things outside of the band um getting the four of us together is really tough sometimes and and so this last year has been probably the slowest i would say for beachfoot it's it's um but like I, I had this idea a few months ago to like put out this you know B side EP because I was like oh, ah, yeah, people are still listening to us we like like we we get consistent messages and comments all the time and and people still care and I'm like yeah oh, I want to like I don't want to lose that momentum and and I also don't want people to to you know think that we've just stopped or given up because we haven't we we always have something kind of like ready to go Mm -hmm. but um i i just yeah i I want i want to put out more music with beachwood and and i we will we're we're gonna do that i'm hoping in the next two months we'll have some new stuff out um can't wait to hear it yeah but um we'll see i mean i'm also focusing on i i'm i'm uh in the process of putting together a solo record too i put out a solo single like a month and a half ago i think something like that okay um and I'm, I'm doing just other stuff. It's something I'd, I'd never done before. I'd never put out music just on my own. So that's something I'm experimenting with too. And it's keeping my, you know, creative juices flowing. Definitely. Just being busy with that.
0: And if people want to check that out, where they just type in Jason Knott on... Yeah, just
2: Jason N-O-T-T. I always have to tell people that, okay. N-O-T-T. N-O-T-T, everybody. <laughs> it is my last name, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so Jason, um, what, what role does social media play in promoting your music? Because now we're, you know, we talked a little bit about that, but, you know, everything, you know, there's so many songs and stupid songs that are blowing up <coughs> on TikTok or even just good songs, some good songs that are promoting on TikTok and, and getting, you know, all this success that's translating into billboard charting and all these things. And, and so much of the the key fundamentals of what the music industry how we define the music industry you know 20 years ago is different from 10 years ago and that's also different from five years ago like it's such at a high rapid pace of evolution and i honestly my personal opinion don't think it's necessarily for the good you know i'm all for everybody to experiment and if it's something you want to do then do it but I feel like it has kind of put a lot more pressure on artists, songwriters, producers, bands, et cetera because they're seeing, regardless of how successful you are or not, but you're seeing, you know these people that will make a song that's horrible in mm-hmm. my personal you know opinion, with my music taste. And then you, you know, you see all these talented artists and bands that are in the studio working so hard that aren't trying to make, you know, some stupid TikTok, TikTok dance video. And that's not a knock on anybody, but that's just, you know, again, my personal opinion. Sure. What do you feel like the, like, the, do you feel any pressure about that? Just because it's just the evolution of how music is getting distributed and kind of getting that recognition?
2: So now it's I up, you know going viral. It's it's a tough thing because, I I don't like it either. But it's not something we can stop. Unfortunately, we, I, I I've said this for years. Yeah, technology is moving so rapid. Um, it's moving faster than our brains can even compute. You know, we like we as humans, like are are going to fall behind so quickly. <laughs> you know, we're we're already it's already a tough thing, and I think to answer your question about um stuff going viral on TikTok or whatever and all that. Like it it's there are a lot more gimmicky songs now. There's a lot of like one liner things and it, uh that you'll hear that just kind of sound catchy or whatever it is and dumb little things getting, you know, really successful. But I am not gonna sit here and be mad about it. It's 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 a different lane. You know, I, I'm I'm in a I'm a singer songwriter guy in a rock band. Um I'm I'm not necessarily gonna be for that TikTok. Proud, I don't think, you know, it, it's, it's rare that I would be competing with that. It's a totally different lane. I think that I'm in, um, and, and I look, I'm not, a, like I said, I'm not a fan of it either. I also don't, you know, think I don't, I don't need, need to put energy into like, Oh, this is horrible. And, and it's really easy to shake your cane. <laughs> like, oh, these damn kids, you know, exactly. um, but it's, it's just kind of silly to me. It's, it's, um, i i don't i don't take it so seriously because a lot of this is going to pass in in certain ways and we're going to go through phases people are going to be starved for or people are already starved for real emotion and 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 things that feel genuine so there are still artists that are out there that are putting out that are putting time into records because that's the one thing is it used to be oh yeah you'd go you put out a record you tour on it and then you'd go away for a while mm-hmm. right and now you, people feel like they have to be constantly putting stuff out and c- constantly crazy. And so I go back and forth because I sometimes feel like I don't put out enough or I don't do enough. And, and sometimes I'm, I, I have to like take myself aside and say, no, you, you're you taking your time on this because it's important to you. And it's okay that you're not moving as fast as, you know, whoever down the street that is doing 5 million TikToks a day. And, You know, Mm. Um, but it it does it it does affect things, though. Social media does affect quite a lot. I'm I'm thankful that Beachwood uh, has a pretty steady uh, Spotify listener base Mm. Um, that I think is where really where we thrive. Um, That and YouTube, you know, Um, but I don't know. I just kind of I look at it like I, I just I do my thing and it's a different thing than what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, who, whoever it is, whether it's the new, newer generation, and and I, I, I applaud the newer generation for being able to be so creative, so quickly, and being able to put things out so quickly, and and they're not second guessing themselves, and, yeah, and whether that's a, whether that's, that's good content they're putting out or not, I mm-hmm. still, I, you know, I'm like, no, go for it, do your thing. Yeah, they're expressing
0: it's different than what I do. Expressing their art, and yeah, go for
2: it. Yeah, I like to take that stance because I don't, I. I I, I don't wanna be this bitter old man. I was I was this punk rock elitist kid for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I really I I've, I've worked hard to like kind of get away from that mentality and trying to <laughs> trying to stay away from that mentality of like hating everything that isn't like so genuine and true and cool and whatever. Like I just like no, yeah, I just applaud people for being creative. I think I think it's I think it helps all around, you know. Definitely it, 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 it brings a fan base to more music. I think people are going to shows a lot more now, too. Yeah. Than, I mean, Because than, I mean, the shows are getting crazy. Yeah, yeah. Which, it's good. The live industry is alive. Yeah. You know, it's alive and well.
0: Which is a good thing because, you know, there were a couple mm-hmm. of years where, you know, things weren't looking too promising.
2: Yeah. Yeah, of course.
0: So, uh, yeah, Jason, thank you so much for coming on today's show. Where can people follow you follow the band uh, and what's the website and is there any, anything else you would like to promote?
2: Um, Yeah, the band is Beachwood Coyotes. Um, uh, beachwoodcoyotes.com is our website. I, so on uh, Instagram, my uh, personal Instagram is Jason B not. So it's i B N O T T. I'll be doing, you know, the, uh, releasing more solo music and, and eventually I'm going to put out a record um, By myself too And Beachwood's going to be put out some music In the next few months as well So yeah, social media, Beachwood Coyotes, Jason Knot, Uh, Yeah, that's it across the board I think it's everywhere you can find that
0: Awesome, I'm definitely excited to hear the new music And whether you know you guys are performing in California or LA or Boston I'm definitely going to be at one of those shows
2: Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and please, when, when you come out to LA, hit me up. Let, yeah, let's hang out.
0: Definitely will, man. Thank you so much, Jason. I really appreciate your time.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: Of course. Have a good day, man. You too. You're listening to On Air
1: with JT. This is On Air with JT. Join JT, visionary and host for a 420-friendly improv and variety talk show featuring pop culture, news, interviews, debates, and the home of the famous JT Rants. Here, mental health awareness is at the forefront, with JT on a mission to inspire and spread mental health awareness. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. You can stay up to date and get in touch by heading to onairwithjt.com. To contact the show directly or for business inquiries, use jt at gmail.com.
0: JT here. I have to introduce you to Pure Hemp Rolling Papers, eco-friendly, tree-free, and chemical-free. Born in 1996 in Spain with nearly 300 years of paper crafting experience. Explore their variety of rolls and cones, including their innovative Pure Hemp Earth Papers. For quality and innovation in rolling, choose Pure Hemp. That's what I smoke. Visit their Instagram for more information and elevate your rolling game with Pure Hemp. That's P-U-R-E-H-E-M-P. Tell them JT sent you. JT did it again.